Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy here with my first cup of coffee. Mm, nice and warm on a chilly morning. Today is Tuesday, April 30th. Last day of April. Tomorrow is May 1st, May Day. May Day, May Day. It's actually not all that cold, but it's cool and damp. We got lots of rain last night, as predicted. I'm going to come sit over here on the front patio. I went out to the back this morning. Maybe it's a little breezy out here. Maybe I should go out back. But Jackson's out here, so I'll keep an eye on him. It's a little bit of a dim predator morning. <coughs> I went out back to uh, cut some lilacs from my desk. That's the photo on the podcast today. The lilacs are really just bursting into bloom. They're so beautiful. Just unreal. We went to see Avengers Endgame yesterday afternoon, the 420 showing. And it rained while we were in the movie theater and pretty wet when we came out and then rained a lot last night. A little squall passed through earlier this morning while I was working out. And everything's really greening up and bursting with the warmth. It's really fun to see a a gradual spring. We don't often get a gradual spring like this. I mean, I guess it's been a long, cool spring, but now we're getting the, instead of the early hot interspersed with snow, that's sort of typical of the Rocky Mountain spring. So it's pretty wonderful to see. And yes, uh, Avengers Endgame, I won't spoil it, (coughs) but it was fantastic. I could see why everyone had been talking about it being fantastic. It did not feel like a three-hour movie. It flew by, and it was... So this is actually spoilers for uh, Game of Thrones Season 3, or Season 8, Episode 3, if you haven't seen that yet. But I talked about that some yesterday. Um, and I'm going to talk about it more. So I'm going to spoil Game of Thrones, not Endgame. So, sorry, but I'm it's on my mind, so I'm going to launch into it right now. Uh, Endgame was everything that the Battle of Winterfell was not. It was um, just really brilliantly executed and thought out. I... There were so many things I loved about it, and um, it was really an amazing wind-up of the 22 movies <laughs> that led up to this point. Um, and I really loved the way that the female superheroes were featured. There were a couple of just really wonderful moments. Um, and things that had to do with female um, sisterhood and solidarity that I think we don't always get with those superhero movies. That's, I don't, I'm, I'm really glad to see that stuff being brought out in the movies now. So, yeah, just amazing show. Highly, highly recommend 
I don't even know that there's that much that I would be, you know, would want to spoil about. I could see what people are, you know, saying. Be careful of spoiling. There, there was an interesting debate on Twitter about um, spoiling, and somebody was saying, and I didn't read it too closely. I don't think that the uh, that they're bemused by creators feeling like if somebody gives away the ending of their story, if they spoil the story, that that takes away from the creation. Because uh, the showrunners, the writers of Endgame, had gone to Twitter and had begged everyone not to spoil it for those who hadn't seen it yet. And so this person was saying, you know, the story isn't about the twisty endings. And really, Endgame doesn't have a twisty ending. It's just things happen that you don't necessarily suspect, expect, and the way that the problem is solved is done in a um, a very clever way. Um, and it was an emotionally heartening way, too. And so, which was something that I think uh, Battle of Winterfell did not do. You know, they were so intent on... You know, they kind of gave us the heartwarming stuff in the first two episodes of this season. But then, for Battle for Winterfell, they were so intent on, you know, sort of building doom, 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 doom. And certainly they had less time to do it in. But, you know, if you put together the three episodes so far of Season 8 of Game of Thrones and compare it to the three hours of Avengers Endgame... You know, I think those are roughly parallel story points. And I think, uh, boy, Endgame really trumped the... uh, I hate it that I can't use that word anymore. It sounds so weird. Uh, They really rolled over the Game of Thrones showrunners. The cleverness, the way that they solved the problems. The The thing about Avengers Endgame was they did everything that did not happen in Battle of Winterfell for me. You know, they meticulously set up the solution to the problem, which is what we knew was going to happen, so that's not a spoiler. You know, we knew that they were going to have to try to find some way to undo the damage Thanos had done. And they meticulously set up the rationale, you know, and there are people who are complaining about the, um, like on the Sephwa forum, they were, I finally got to click on the spoilers thread on the Sephwa Slack chat this morning. And they were talking about some of the uh, technical scientific elements of it, you know, but you're always going to have the nerd scientists debating that kind of thing. <laughs> uh particularly that particular aspect of science. So you can debate all that, but, you know, you got into this whole, uh, you know, they meticulously built up, here's our problem, here's how we're going to solve the problem. And then when things went awry, you could, you were right there with them. You could understand how things went were going wrong. You knew when the cogs were, uh, you know, breaking, when the tooth was missing, and it was like, oh, shit. (laughs) This is going to be bad. So if I had been writing 
season eight of Game of Thrones. That's how I would have done it. I would have had the first episode be the reunions and clever interactions, reminding us why we care about everybody, setting up some of those important relationships. Second episode would have been planning the fucking battle. (laughs) Um, You know, we should have seen what they were doing to put everything in place. And, and and instead we got none of that. We, which is part of why they seem so incredibly unprepared. And Corrine messaged me about it, you know, and she was pointing out that you know here with the commanders were yelling, you know, man the walls, man the walls. <laughs> it's like why weren't the walls manned to begin with? You know, why didn't we think that that was going to be necessary? Uh, David was saying, you know, like all of those basically medieval warfare movies, you know, we see them doing things like digging trenches and, you know, both Karina and I were wondering where was the burning tar or boiling oil for defending the walls? You know, why weren't they taking these very basic steps? David said he heard the disc jockeys in Albuquerque complaining about, you know, the, the wasting of the Dothraki horde. You know, like, well, so much for the Dothraki horde. It's like, yeah, what? You just sort of threw them like a cup of water into a fire. It it made no strategic sense. Um, again, all for the drama. And I'm sorry, I'm spending two days thinking about this. But, you know, with Avengers Endgame, they were very strategic about what everybody's skills and abilities were and said, okay, we're going to point you at this aspect of the problem, which is exactly what they should have done for Battle of Winterfell and did not. So uh, I've, I found Endgame immensely satisfying. Uh, it was really terrifically well done and makes me now want to go back and watch the whole cycle again because they really highlighted the way that they had seeded information throughout all of the movies. And that was super cool, you know. And so now I kind of want to go back and watch those movies and go, aha, there it is. And but and it was all seeded in a way that I instantly recognized. It wasn't one of those things where they were just tricky about it and saying, oh, ho, ho, you didn't notice this before. It's like, well, I did notice. I just didn't know it was going to be important. So, all of that was very cool. So, otherwise, yesterday I started working on The Fate of the Tala. Uh, It's, you know, slow ramp up. I got a little over a thousand words on it. But it's sort of feeling my way back into that story. No, I want to write something like Endgame, which kind of makes me think I should go back and read reread my whole series, which I should probably do. But uh, uh, as much as I enjoy rereading my own books in some cases, rereading that whole series feels daunting. But I might have to do it just to get all of the threads back into my head. I was starting to uh, reread some things. The Mark of the Tala is on audio. I could listen to that 
although I don't really care for the narrator. I probably shouldn't say that, but I didn't really like the way she interpreted it. In fact, I think I've never listened to it all the way through because of that. But that would be a convenient way to uh, absorb the story, to listen to it while I work on other things. And let's see, what else? I've been reading stuff for the uh, Southwest Science Fiction Story Bundle. Before that, I did get through, um, what was it, book four of Lindsay Barocco's Dragonblood series. I'm trying to decide if I want to keep going. I've, I'm very intrigued by the story, and I like the characters in the world, and I'm missing them. Um, I, you know, it, It's one of those things where you know, it's scratching my romance itch just enough to make me want more, but then never quite satisfying me. And it might get more as it goes on. But I was really enjoying them. But if I have to go back and read all of my 12 Kingdoms Uncharted Realms books, then that's something else entirely, right? I'm also a little hesitant to dive into that head worlds too much because I'm wondering uh, if I'm going to get back developmental edits on Fiery Citadel soon. Um. I've got notes on a few things I'd like to seed into that book as well. Oh, and I should wrap back around to what I was saying before about the person talking about, you know, whether or not you rely on people not knowing the ending or not knowing the story that you shouldn't need that in order to make it good. And I can see both sides of that argument. Um, there is a delight in discovering the story. I don't think it's exactly the ending. And I, maybe that's what people interpret because you all have heard me talk about this before. You know, the idea that we are surprised by endings in books is really, really a falsehood. Um, you know, like mystery readers, yes, you're surprised by who it turns out to be. But in the end, that's not the most important thing, right? It's the it's the getting there, and you know that it's going to they're going to find someone, you know. And in a romance, you know that it's going to be a happy ever after. You just don't know how it's going to come about. Um, I think Infinity War, which you know, we're we were talking about <laughs> what is the window for spoilers. Mm-hmm. Six months is pretty far out uh, at the point at which most people say, well, if you haven't seen it by then, it's shown done fault. <laughs> um, but with Infinity War, I think that ending surprised any, everyone because they lost. But it was not really a, a full ending. It was really more of a midpoint. So, you know, the genre expectations are there. You know, you know how it's going to finish off. I'm a little bit cold. That breeze picked up. Hi, hummingbird. 
Got the hummingbird coming into the feeder lawn standing here. I need to make you more fluid, don't I? My hummingbird juice. So, yeah, I can see both sides of that argument. You know, it's like, no, your artistic creation, your story shouldn't depend upon people being surprised by the ending. And yet at the same time, part of why we enjoy stories like that is there is a thrill of experiencing it for the first time and not knowing what's coming. There's been a few times when I used to do it a lot more when I was in college and I would kind of miss doing that. You know, sometimes we would just go see a movie just to go see a movie and we didn't care what it was. And so we would just go pick a movie at random and go in and discover it with no expectations at all beyond like maybe the title. And I used to, you know, when I lived in Laramie, there was that film series that we went to on, what was it? I think it was Tuesday nights. We'd go for cheap chimichangas, which were like three ninety nine, and then uh, to the film series movie. And a lot of times, you know, it would just be like whatever movie they put in. And once we had a double header and we stayed there and watched both movies. And there was definitely a delight to that, to having no expectations and just discovering the story as you went. And now, especially with the internet, it's almost impossible to go into anything without knowing quite a bit about it, whether you want to or not. And so I can see the point there. But I also do it to myself. You know, like I heavily research anything I'm going to read or watch because I want to know. So there's a, a mixed bag. So I am going to head in and get to work. I hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday. Yeah, see if it, we were in Laramie 20, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, <laughs> we could go have cheap chimichangas and go to the film series. But alas, those days are past. Talk to you all on Thursday. Bye-bye.